Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, the 24th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page, with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for 23rd Sunday after Trinity and why they are not read in years when Easter is late are discussed in Episode 8. The Epistle reading for 23rd Sunday after Trinity Trinity, Philippians 3, verses 17 to 21, is another from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, this time concerning those whom he had taught who have fallen away from faith in Jesus Christ, and quote, whose God is their belly, unquote, and quote, whose end is destruction, unquote. He counsels, aware, counsels awareness that their citizenship is in heaven, meaning not of any earthly realm, and that it is to Christ only that Christians look for their salvation in the expectation of transformation from their earthly mantle to the body of his glory, as he put it. The Gospel reading for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22, is a story of conflict between the secular and religious authority one not unlike the conflicts between church and state in our time. In this case, another attempt by the Pharisees to catch Jesus out in a mistake which they or others could use against him in asking about the likeness of Caesar on a coin. They are not interested in religious truth when they raise the question, is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar? Their real expectation is their expectation that no matter how Jesus answers, someone powerful will be alienated against him. If his answer were no, Roman authorities would conclude that the emergent Christian faith was conspiring to subvert Roman rule. If his answer were yes, Hebrew religious authorities, including the Pharisees themselves, would accuse Jesus of collaborating in the Roman oppression of the Holy Land. In their vanity, their pride in scheming against him, their refusal to accept him as the son of the God Almighty whom they claimed to worship, they failed to take into account his divine power to know their thoughts. In reply to their question, Jesus says to the Pharisees, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. The Pharisees then produce a denarius, a Roman coin, which represented about one day's wages for the common man. Here, here they, meaning Jewish authorities in Jerusalem, have a Roman and not a Hebrew coin in their pockets. 
by their own example, having a Roman and not a Hebrew coin in their pockets, they have themselves not shown deference to Roman authority. Jesus examines the denarius and following the great rabbinical tradition of the Hebrew priests, asks them a question. Whose image and inscription is this? What could they do but reply, Caesar's? Scripture generally does not account for the passage of time within a scene, so we do not know how long a silence followed their answer. One can speculate that it might have been more than just a second, and that it was Jesus who broke the silence, saying, Render therefore to Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and to God the thing which are God's. Jesus has cleverly thwarted their intention with his reply, which gave no legal offense to anyone, Roman or Hebrew. This text offers us hope in today's world, where religious values are clearly in conflict with the demands of the state, both here in the United States and elsewhere in the world. His message is that while some things on earth are part of the secular realm, there is a greater authority, and to him is owed glory, honor, and worship. The Old Testament lesson for 23rd Sunday after Trinity reinforces the point. It is the prophet Isaiah who reminds us in Isaiah 64, 8, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we are the work of thy hands. The same point is made in the psalm reading for 22nd Sunday after Trinity, from which I take this from Psalm 138, verses 4 and 5. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, for they have heard the words of, thy, of my mouth. Yea, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for the 23rd Sunday after Trinity are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, where seasonal videos and Christian education videos are linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and the podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. Information about AIC bookstore publications is available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. I begin with the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, which is presented in 12 episodes with a theological theme word or phrase for each of the 12 days from Christmas through January 5th. The theme words for uh, excuse me, word for 11th day of Christmas, January 4th, is glorifying God. From the AIC Christian Education video series, Lives of the Saints, presented in multiple episodes in two series. In the first series, St. Paul is the focus of episode 5 and St. Matthew of episode 14. From the second series, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. From the AIC bookstore publications in layman's lexicon, entries of interest are faith, glory, and worship. In the prayer book Psalter, history text and commentary, Psalm 138 is printed and discussed on pages 316 to 317. 
Finally, from the writing prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah is featured in Part 2, Chapter 1, pages 13 to 20, with a text box, Isaiah in Christian Liturgy, on page 16. The first closing prayer for 23rd Sunday after Trinity is a katana of my own composition based upon Psalm 145, verses 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, 13, and 1. The second is the collect for 23rd Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from a late Gregorian sacramentary as it was used in England during the period before the separation from the Church of Rome. Every day will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord. Praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and marvelous worthy to be praised. There is no end of his greatness. One generation shall praise thy works to another and declare thy power. As for me, I will be talking of thy worship, thy glory, thy praise, and wondrous works, so that men shall speak of the might of thy marvelous acts and I will also tell of thy greatness. All thy works praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints give thanks unto thee. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all ages. I will magnify thee, O God my King, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. And now the collect. O God, our refuge and strength, who art the author of all godliness. Be ready, we beseech thee, to hear the devout prayers of thy church, and grant that those things which we ask faithfully we may obtain effectually through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.